Well, hello, my name is Art Wright, and I'm the pastor here at Williamsburg Baptist Church, and we are so delighted that you're listening in and so grateful that you're listening in to our podcast. We are a small but vital and thriving and growing congregation here in the heart of historic Williamsburg, and we are just feel so blessed to be able to sense weekly and even daily the ways in which God is at work among us, uh, not only here in the building on Sunday mornings and as we gather and interact and um, serve in our community throughout the week, but also as we participate in the broader world. And one of the ways that we do that is through our podcast. And so we're so glad that you're listening and have chosen to spend a little bit of time listening to this sermon uh, as part of your own spiritual life and journey. What you're about to listen to is the sermon from July 9th, 2023. It is the first part of a five-week series on the concept of Sabbath and Sabbath keeping and, and Sabbath observing, and just sort of wondering a little bit whether this ancient this ancient concept and even commandment of Sabbath has any relevance in our lives today. This particular text is based on the the Sabbath commandment from the Ten Commandments that appear in Deuteronomy chapter five. There's also You'll hear me mention this in the sermon. There's a Ten Commandments also in Exodus chapter 20, but this particular one is from Deuteronomy 5, and it's entitled Release. Hope that it is a blessing to you in the midst of the hustle and bustle of your life. I hope that it will be a word of encouragement to seek and find Sabbath rest, uh, or maybe allow Sabbath rest to find you and through that, remember that you are beloved just as you are, not for anything that you make or produce or earn, uh, but just because you're created in God's image. Again, so thrilled that you're listening. You can find out more about us at williamsburgbaptist.com and on our Instagram and Facebook pages. That's more than enough for me for now. Hope you enjoy this sermon. God bless. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. What do you think of when you hear the word Sabbath? I'm going to make some assumptions this morning. I'm going to assume that many of us have complicated feelings about that word. It's a good churchy word. It's a word that many of us learned years ago in vacation Bible school, right? But one that my hunch is that many of us probably feel is stale and hopelessly outdated, or perhaps just entirely irrelevant in today's modern world. If this is you, most days I'm with you 100%. It's understandable if many of us feel this way, given our culture's complicated relationship with the notion of Sabbath, Some of us probably remember blue laws of yesteryear that shuttered businesses and restaurants on Sundays, right? Others of us probably grew up in households where we had what we felt were rather arbitrary rules about what we could and couldn't do on Sundays. Barbara Brown Taylor, reminiscing about her own childhood, suggests that the Sabbath commandment might as well have been, remember the Sabbath day and keep it boring, right? 
She says Sunday was a day where you couldn't wear blue jeans or play cards or ride bikes or go to the movies. All you could do was go to church in the morning, go home, and then go to church later in the day, right? My hunch is that the idea of keeping a Sabbath strikes many of us as unnecessarily restrictive, something that's more likely to stop us from having fun rather than leading us into joy and life in abundance. Today marks the beginning of what we're going to spend five weeks on, uh, on the concept of Sabbath, and we'll explore whether or not there's anything of value in this ancient concept for us today. And I'll admit right up front that this is a sermon series where I'm not preaching to the choir so much as I'm preaching to the preacher, although it's nice to have the choir in the pews today so I can preach to them too. I find that I struggle mightily with balancing work and rest and life and family. I struggle to say no. Many of us do. Rest is such a necessary and vital part of being human, and yet so many of us find ourselves hustling through life at a blistering pace, simply trying to make ends meet and check all the boxes off our to-do list before collapsing into bed at the end of the day. Between work or volunteering and parenting and friendships and walking the dog and grocery shopping and paying bills and cleaning the house and yard work and CrossFit and hobbies and all the other things, it's no wonder that many of us spend a majority of our lives feeling tired and exhausted to the point where it hardly feels like living at all. And we in churches are far from immune from far from immune from hustle culture, too. The temptation that we as churches often feel is to do more and add more programs and offer more options to reach more people, right? If this is your context or our context, maybe we do have something to learn from Sabbath after all. You're not going to hear me arguing in this series for a return to highly restrictive Sundays as a way of observing Sabbath. But what I do hope that we'll find is that we as people of faith need to reclaim the goodness of Sabbath rest in our lives in a way that's more about quality of Sabbath time than specific rules we should follow one day of the week. If we can reclaim the original impulse for Sabbath, my hunch is that it's going to be profoundly life-giving for us all. It's going to be an uphill battle, though, because Sabbath, the notion of Sabbath, is profoundly countercultural, is it not? Here's our American cultural rhythm. Work, work, work. Collapse on the beach with a Mai Tai in hand for a week, right? If you can afford to. And then repeat, work, work, work. Sneak in a week of vacation or a few days of vacation. In our culture, the idea seems to be that work leads to rest, right? If you work hard enough, then you deserve some time off. This is almost exactly the opposite of the rhythm of life imagined by the early church. Early Christians used a phrase in Latin, odium sanctum, to speak of holy leisure, and this is what they believed lay at the core of human life. Restful leisure, rather than frenzied work, is at the heart of what it means to be human. Doesn't that sound nice? See a few heads nodding. (laughs) A sacred rhythm of life flips the work, work, work equation. 
rather than beginning with work and collapsing in, uh, in rest at the end of the week or maybe at the end of our lives or maybe once we finally retire, uh, uh, a life of faith begins in Sabbath rest and holy leisure and then proceeds outward and purposefully into a sense of vocation and calling in the world. Beginning with rest transforms how we encounter the world and how we live our lives in the world with a sense of divine purpose. Do you see how it flips the occasion? Rather than work, 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 collapse, it's rest. Start in rest and then find purpose in God calling us into the world. Our Jewish siblings in faith understand this more deeply than we do. You may know that the Jewish day actually begins at sunset, and that's their weekly Sabbath rhythm, uh, it begins at sundown on Friday. American culture likes to imagine our day starting with waking up, driving through the Starbucks drive through and then hustling through rush hour traffic to get to work. But if you think back to Genesis, remember the idea of day starts with evening. Remember the litany in the creation story? And there was evening and there was morning of the first day, second day, third day. What if our days started with dinner and sleep? When I taught at the Baptist Theological Seminary at Richmond, I taught an introductory spirituality course every year, and one of the student assignments was what we called Odium Sanctum. Here's what I would tell students. I would say, next week we're not going to meet for class together. That's three hours of class time that I'm giving you as a gift. Here's the deal, though. You have to fill those three gifted hours with something that is life-giving and amounts to holy leisure for you. I don't care how you spend those three hours, and you can shift it around. I don't care when you spend those three hours. You can shift it around to some other time of the week, but you have to be purposeful about setting it aside to experience Sabbath rest. And seminary students, you may or may not know, are notoriously overworked and stressed. And so I said... You cannot take these three hours and get caught up on emails or translate Greek or write your exegetical paper for Dr. Spencer's class. You cannot use it to finally get caught up on yard work that you've been meaning to do. You can, however, go for a walk with a friend, bake bread, do pottery, paint, nap, drink wine with a friend, play board games with your family, anything that is actually life-giving and feels like holy leisure to you. See if you can capture the essence of Sabbath rest during these three hours. See if you can remember what it feels like to experience restorative rest. And they'd report back year after year that this was an excruciating assignment for them. Their brains resisted what basically amounted to wasting three hours on something that was in no way productive. But what the assignment revealed for them and for me was the way in which we in the Western world have become so thoroughly conditioned into this mindset where our productivity, what we do and accomplish, is the basis for our value and our self-worth. This is something that people of faith have long wrestled, wrestled with, and it's evident in today's scripture reading that Sharon read. You may or may not know that the Ten Commandments actually appear in two places in scripture, and if you have free time later today, this is not homework, 
But if you have free time and want to go read them, Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is what Sharon read, and then go flip over to Exodus chapter 20. Very similar, but a little bit different too. And so what is unique about Deuteronomy 5, at least with regard to the Sabbath commandment, is this. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. And remember that you were enslaved in Egypt once. But the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. Remember the very beginning of the Exodus story, the very beginning of the book of Exodus, when the Jewish people were enslaved by Pharaoh and they made bricks for him every day of the week. Remember when their worth and value as a person was determined solely by how much they could produce for Pharaoh and the Egyptian economy? They might as well have been machines, remember? But God saved them from that and led them out of Egypt to a land of promise. And the commandment to observe Sabbath is intended to remind them that productivity is not how God values people. It is for us in America. Our productivity leads to self-worth and net worth. And many of us wear our exhaustion like a badge of honor. But God simply values us as we are because God created us and we bear the image of God. That's it. We don't have to earn God's love, remember? In God's economy, our value doesn't come from what we can produce or accomplish or whether we learn a new language or write a book or what our job title is or how great our garden looks. We are human beings, not human doings, as Rob Bell once said. And we are made in the image of a God who rests. We are not machines, but we run the risk of feeling like it if we don't slow down and rest and practice Sabbath. It feels ironic to do this in the middle of a sermon on Sabbath, but I'm going to give you homework. It's not something I get to do very often now that I'm a pastor. Here's your homework. Find a way to be kind to yourself this week. I know some of us have schedules that are overpacked, and others among us wish we had more opportunities for engagement and connection, and we all fall somewhere along the spectrum. But my hunch is that cultivating Sabbath rest in our lives is something that's going to be healthy and purposeful for us all, and intention is key here. So carve out time this week to do something that is restful and restorative and life-giving for your soul. Make a deliberate choice and then treat yourself to that gift of time. If I could, I would take three hours off of your work schedules this week for those of you that are employed. I can't do that. But find time. Go for a hike. Have coffee with a friend. Play an instrument or write or sketch just for fun not to be productive, not to get better or improve yourself, but just to savor this thing that we call life. And remember that you are a person of of infinite worth just because you're you. Can you pick something? I'm not going to ask you to write a paper and report back next week. But my hope and my sincere prayer for each of you is that you will find and choose something that helps you to experience Sabbath rest this week ahead, and savor it. Sound good? Good. Class dismissed.